Hello, classmates. Welcome to another episode of Middle Class Film Class. I'm your host today, Tyler. I'm Peter. And I'm Joseph. And today we are reviewing my pick on the wheel, the worst person in the world. Uh, yeah, so uh, The Worst Person in the World is directed by a director I've never heard of. Um, he's a Norwegian director. His name is Joachim Trier. I don't know, Michael Joachim. I think it's Joachim. Joachim? I think it's Joachim, but I don't know. Who knows? Mm. He also uh, wrote this movie as well. Uh, it stars uh, Renate Ren. I, I, I can't pronounce. I'm not going to even try to pronounce the people who are starring in this movie, but it, it stars some people. Renat Renat Rensve, Anders Danielson Lai, and Herbert Nordrum. Renata Bliss. Yeah, Nordrum. I'm, I'm terrible. Freestyle dance teacher. It's just a testament to how American I am, because I just I'm so terrible with pronoun- pronunciations. It's your uh, American flag lighter over here. Oh, look at you! Look at that! Look at you! Yeah. For purple mountain majesties. Yeah, I, bl- I, I, bl- I I'm a patriot first and foremost. Um, but anyways, uh, so uh, the worst person in the world released in 2021. It's a modern dramedy about the quest for love and meaning in contemporary Oslo. Chronicles four years in the life of Julie, a young woman who navigates the troubled waters of her love life and struggles to find her career path, leading her to take a realistic look at who she really is. And I think uh, she, she, I think her realistic look is that she is, in fact, the worst person in the world. Oh, wow. Is that how you interpret it? Um, Well, we can get into that, Um, but uh, let's get into some initial thoughts. Uh, Pete, what did you think of The Worst Person in the World? I saved almost all of, I mean, this, it it doesn't really have any kind of spoilers to it. I mean, there's a couple twists that I didn't see coming, like the ultimate, uh, and we're going to spoil everything, so I'm just going to say it, but... um, I think the classmates know what they're getting. Yes, the last into. half of the movie. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I didn't expect the the cancer diagnosis from Axel. I mean, that was kind of a shock, and mm-hmm. it it added a layer to the movie that I wasn't expecting. Yeah. Um, and from all of my understanding about the movie is just that it was chronicling the life of a young woman learning to find herself through love and relationships and stuff, and that's exactly what I got. Yeah. But it was done in a way that was. Um, very artfully presented and very, very, um, very, very skillfully crafted. Right. Yeah. And I know that I don't mind a movie that's all talking. There's conversation. I, I I'm okay with that. I like it um, if it's done well. And this, not being a native uh, Norwegian speaker, it's hard to say you know exactly. But you can feel the emotion in the conversations and mm-hmm. the nuance of all the characters and how Axel and uh, what's the other guy's name? Ivan. Yes, Ivan. Ivan now. Axel and Ivan kind of uh, respond to Julie and her different kind of phases in her life mm-hmm. were very relatable. Very, very relatable. A lot of really relatable stuff here. And it's like yeah, most yeah. people have gone through heartache and ups and downs and relationships. And 
um, I appreciated how this the filmmaker didn't um, they didn't put Julie as the protagonist or the antagonist. She was just a person going through her life, and there are things to like and dislike about all of the characters in it. So I really liked that part of it. The movie as a whole, when it was all said and done, was like this is fucking fantastic. It's really. Yeah. Overall, just a great story about a time in a person's life, which a lot of us can relate to. Um, done it also in a kind of a, uh, I already said it, but a skillfully crafted way that was like, it wasn't boring. There was a, that cool shot with the, the freeze frame throughout the whole town. Was, oh, uh, I love that. Was yeah, really, yeah. really nice. And the where it, where it ultimately ended was really cool too. So, um, yeah, where it ultimately ended was really nice. Um, where she ends the freeze frame, so I, I liked it quite a bit. I mean, not yeah. something you'd expect in a movie like this. No, no, it was like more the mushroom trip. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was something. I'll talk about. I'll talk about the mushroom trip uh, once we get to that point in the story because I have some thoughts about it. But uh, yeah, but yeah, I I really enjoyed this, and I'm also had been waiting to watch this for a while. So uh, good pick. All right, uh, Joseph, uh, what was your initial thoughts? Uh, before person in the world. Before I uh, delve into my initial thoughts, I should note that we are recording outside, as you can uh, tell. Yeah, we're in the uh, we're in the nat- <laughs> yeah the native Sacramento air. Right yes, now. we are in the city, so you're bound to hear some as you are right now, <laughs> hearing yeah. some uh, other uh, people and animals and live, live cars their, and creatures and living th- their lives, things of such. That's uh, okay. Yeah. And we're just telling you now, okay. Just uh, yeah, and there's a uh, uh, oh, okay. There's a <laughs> another animal in our presence. Uh, yeah, we're four-legged right. kind. Yeah, I um, work. <laughs> anyway, it's a Muppet dog. Yes. Initial thoughts. Uh, I feel like I need to watch this movie again because oh. I feel like I was distracted for the first half, and I feel like I don't know why. Maybe starting the movie, it was like a little a little hard to get into. Um, just because of the way it was presented. And then yeah. the second half, I was really invested in the characters and the story. And like it, there was an emotional layer of the whole uh, Axel story. And that was really sort of heartbreaking to hear these like former lovers and like how he felt about her. Yeah. And like that was really sad and heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, and, um, but I, I think it was a really well-made movie. I, but I also think that there are times, at times, a layer of pretentiousness in this mm-hmm. movie. Um, and I don't know if that's just because of the foreign nature of the movie or of the the way the movie presents itself in some parts of the movie. It just like seems off. It comes off. It comes off as like higher than thou. Hmm. Almost like almost like the square. Um, oh, another yeah. Norwegian movie or Swedish movie, Scandinavian movie. Yeah, um, maybe not as pretentious as that movie is, but there it, there was something there that it just. I feel like that's why I feel like I need to watch it again because there was probably more to it, or I was reading it in the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was uh, incredibly well made in terms of production and like acting. Um, I like everybody did a good job. Like it looked really good there's some like it felt very genuine and very real um yeah. like almost as it felt very raw and almost as like raw as like a blue valentine but not as like gritty yeah yeah blue valentine has like this grittiness to it mm-hmm. it's probably just because it's in new jersey yeah maybe <laughs> <laughs> or wherever it takes but, like place. it's almost like a because that movie because blue valentine feels like a um smoke and aces type of, like feel you know, like just the way it's filmed. Almost, oh, I see. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, 
dark and raw and high contrast yeah. sort of thing. It's I mean it's on film. The movie's filmed on film. And this movie looks like it was filmed on film. I'm pretty sure it probably was. Hmm. Um at least in some scenes because there's some scenes where it's like I feel like this scene is like very like it's it's very natural the way the scenes are filmed. Also all the characters seem like they're doing pretty well for themselves financially. Oh yes, yeah. Which was kind of a running joke when we and Brianna watched it. It was like, uh, look at this house. That's what that's what socialism would do for you. <laughs> I mean, what, what's her job? Part time at a bookstore. Yeah. Ten, ten built uh, ten ten bedroom estate she's in. I mean, I, I, it's. I mean, I I've been to Sweden. I've been to Norway, and like it. I was like, I feel like I'm in my. I feel like I'm in my in laws' brother's house. Sure. And because it, it is, everybody lives in like uh, a flat, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. But there's not. I mean, at least where I was, there wasn't, I didn't see a lot of houses. Everybody just lives in, in these apartment buildings. Yeah. And yeah. like the lighting and the way the, the uh, furniture is, is placed, uh, almost like Ikea-esque. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. It fe- and the stairway, the spiral staircases going in those old buildings and the windows that are like at feet level. Yeah. Um, when uh, Axel was explaining when he looked out the window, um, yeah, yeah. I was like, I've, I've been in a building like that when mm-hmm. I was in Sweden. It was a cool backdrop. I liked the city. Yeah. yeah, it was uh, it was it was like a ladybird of uh, Oslo. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> and um, except better, I um, yeah, I did like it a lot, right. and I feel like I do need to watch it again to get to actually. Uh, I can see myself abs- rewatching, absorb it. Yeah, absorb it all because it did feel lengthy. It did yeah. feel a little lengthy. Yeah, it had a two-hour and eight-minute runtime, so it was. I felt long. like it was. Uh, before I was able to settle into one part of the story, it just went right to the next one. And we should say too that the story is broken up into twelve chapters. It's a it's like a book, which didn't really yeah. need to necessarily need to be labeled. I don't think and some of them because they're really short. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And I mean, I appreciated it though because it definitely keeps your uh, attention I, instead of just having it just play out without breaks in uh, her. Uh, light in her life. Yeah, uh, some, some moments, journey. Five minutes of screen time might be like six months, and some minutes, five minutes of screen time yeah. could be five minutes of her life. Yeah. So yeah. there was times where it would just jump right to something else. I feeling. think this movie was nominated for something. At the it was best, uh, best best foreign feature. Yeah, and uh, best actor actress at the Cannes Film Festival. Um, they really made. Uh, did you guys get that um, when they first uh, started the movie? Like it's, it had like an accolade, like an awards accolade in the beginning. Did that come up? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I didn't oh, get that. that came up in the version that I watched. It was, uh, and I thought that was like, oh, okay. Yeah, it was we nominated get it. for best international feature and best original screenplay. Oh, okay, the Oscars. Yeah. Okay. Eskil Vogt and Joaquin Trier. Yeah. For a screenplay. Yeah. And it. And it. Uh, it it won a, a bunch of other things, but it's, I mean, it's been nominated for a ton of stuff. Best yeah. actress, she won best actress at at con, mm-hmm. um, and uh, best cinematography for Silver Hugo, yeah, at Chicago International Film I Festival. See that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so this was my first viewing of this film as well, and I um, I had heard a lot about it. I didn't really, I didn't recognize that it was a part of uh, the Oscars, um, but uh, I heard about it through uh, the... Is it Con or Cannes? Con. It's Con? It used to be Cannes, or the Cannes Film Festival, and then they went, everyone said, no, it's Con. And now some people actually say it's Cannes. Okay. Well, what, I, call it I mean, con. it's French. Yeah. Regardless of what that festival's name is pronounced, um, <laughs> that's how I... Uh, <laughs> that's how I heard about it, and um, I... 
surprisingly did not watch a trailer uh, in the beginning. I went into this nice. really, really cold. I, I, only, like, I don't think I watched a trailer of, for this movie. I haven't either. I, for, of all movies, this trailer would probably do the least amount of damage to the overall watching. <laughs> watching. Like, <laughs> how can you spoil this? Yeah. Um, so uh, after I was done watching it, I was conflicted because I really did not like the uh, main character. Like, I thought that although so I... she was your Frances Ha yeah, for, well, me, for me. I, I liked how she was presented um, and how they made uh, a uh, main character being a complex, flawed uh, human being. Yeah. Um, but if I was in a relationship with her or, like, was just, like, even friends with her... I I would I would drop that friendship, drop that relationship immediately. There's so many red flags going on with her. Um, I really like the uh, way it was broken up in chapters because I feel like this movie. Um, I mean, especially since it's in a foreign language, so you have to pay attention to know what's going on. But as far as like the continuity of it, um, it's a lot easier to digest by having it broken up into sure. chapters. Yeah. Um, I really like that. And also, um, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but, well, I'm sure you guys did. You guys are you have smart smart brains. But <laughs> <laughs> a couple but, of smarties. Yeah, smart brains. Um, but uh, in, uh, I think it was, uh, I can't remember the chapter name, but it goes back to the prologue. Oh, the cheating chapter. I think sure. it was At the chapter very, very beginning of uh, cheating chapter. It, it shows goes, the intro. It goes back to the intro. I really like that, and like I, I, I was blown away by how this uh, movie was just like made uh, as far mm-hmm. as like the story goes. Uh, I think uh, I, I think I agree with both of y'all is that I need to watch this movie again to kind of get a better understanding of it because mm-hmm. it's kind of like watching like when I watched The Lighthouse for the first time, I was just like. I was so blown away by it and Mm. I just like, I was totally in love with it. And then I thought to myself, okay, I should watch it again just to like get over the hump of that movie high. And I think, uh, when I watch this movie again, I will have a greater appreciation and understanding of what, uh, Joaquin, is that how you say it? Joaquin? I'm, I'm I'm, think, I mean, I've could be Joaquin, could be Joaquin. It's hard to say because it's a, Norwegian or whatever, Norwegian. but yeah, yeah, it's like it's Joakim or Joaquin or something like that. <laughs> Joakim, but uh, yeah, so uh, so I, I it seems like we're all on the same page on how we liked it. Uh, so the movie starts out as the prologue and it shows her at a fancy pants sort of gala. Or gala. Yeah, you don't know what it is, but it's a, it's basically like a she's art, at the, art show. She's at the ball, and they and they they do this. The, the actress does this really incredible performance of emoting her, uh, I guess, sort of uh, not confusion, but um, just she's like thinking, like, where am I in my life? Because they start out with her being, uh, I think she's like twenty eight or twenty nine. Yeah, as she's on the cusp of thirty, and I'm talking about having kids, right? Like she didn't meet somebody who's like, um, was that later? Well, that's that's, a little, that's later. That's when uh, Axel and her Julia goes uh-huh. to uh, that. I guess what it's his parents' oh, house. Oh, it's his parents' house. It's his parents' house. Yeah, 
But it starts out with her, the prologue, which is the beginning of chapter three. And um, she just does this uh, incredible uh, performance of emoting, like just being complex. And mm-hmm. uh, God, I really need to brush up on my thesaurus. On <laughs> adjectives. Uh, well, where does she meet Axel? Uh, so she's uh, just at a she's at a bar or some sort of thing. No, right? she goes to a party, mm-hmm. and uh, they. I think uh, the, there's an inner monologue that goes throughout the movie um, about her being like, uh, "I don't want to be a surgeon anymore." Um, then she goes. Oh, yeah, to, she which, she's watching like an autopsy or something. Yeah, and then, or is it it's just surgery? I, don't know. I think it might be surgery. I'm not sure, but she. Goes to her mom and says, "I don't want to be a surgeon anymore because she's in medical school." It's like, okay, you know, like, oh, it's a, like lot a little of people montage, and then of like her changing her careers, and then, yeah, and then she says, "Oh, I want to be a photographer. I want to be a writer." Like she goes through all these things, which I actually do relate to because I have definitely gone through like a phase like that in my recent history of just like, oh, I want to be a musician. Oh, I want to be a writer. Oh, I want to be a TV writer, and like. Or at one point in my life, I was like, oh, I'm going to be a stand-up comedian. And then I tried that. (laughs) Followed flat on my face. Terrible. Terrible stuff. Do you actually went up? No, no. (laughs) I I did it in front of uh, one of my ex-girlfriends. And she was just like, "Uh, yeah, I think you should just stick uh, with uh, detailing. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, You're like Romanians, am I right? (laughs) Anyone from Romania here? Uh, Okay. Stay away from that guy. <laughs> this you know is what I'm talking about. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> you guys ever think about the adjective for thinking or the, the verb for thinking? What do you call the act of thinking? Yeah. Um, but they kind of established very early on in the movie that she is very undecisive, indecisive of what her role is in her life and what kind of person she wants to be. Um, and I think, and I think a lot of people can relate to that. And it's, it's so basic, especially at that age too, because I'm on the third decade of my own existence. And like, I've thought about that too. I'm just like, well, what do I want to do? Like, do I, do I want to, <laughs> well, what do you, I didn't need your opinion, Lola. Um, <laughs> what do you want to do? Well, and that's the thing. I don't know. And I, and this, what this movie ac- uh, accurately, um, displays is i don't think anyone really knows what they like people know what they want to do but for the people who don't know what they want to do mm-hmm. they really don't know what they want to do and julia is a person who doesn't really know what she wants or wants to do in her life and she emotes that really perfectly uh through her relationships and uh and you can kind of tell like she she's not carefree mm-hmm. um she she wants to be carefree and that's why she kind of uh goes yeah. out into and crashes parties it's sort of like a francis ha but like elevated an yeah. elevated version of that character I right feel, i feel like it's a more real a, a more realistic version too like it's just she's just oh, absolutely. she's just living yeah. her life and it's not it's not kind of uh it's like not a, it's not as extreme as like francis ha yeah i feel like francis ha is uh like a comic book version of that character like that's a good way to put it's it almost yeah. like it's a it's very jokey and it's a very because like people don't like talk like this very yeah very rarely do you have yeah. do you have but like the conversations in these movies are conversations that happen in real life i feel like i've had yeah. a yeah. few of those conversations before and oh same what yeah. yeah one of the things that i really enjoyed about um her character is 
like say for example her her relationship with Axel. She yeah. meets this comic book artist. Oh, you're Axel. You draw that car- that cartoon Bobcat or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't remember the name of the character. No, that's it. It's oh it's no Bobcat. wild. No, it, I thought it was Wildcat. Oh, it's Bobcat. It's Bobcat, and there's some. There is a name for the. I th- feel like yeah, there is. There's a name for it. It's like Gunter or something. Guapers. <laughs> Anyways, I remember. So she becomes enamored with this guy. They they sleep together, and then and then. It kind of fa- flashes forward to an unknown amount of time, and he's he's given her the Miles Teller, the Andrew Neiman from Whiplash, and he's like, you know, our age difference is a lot. You're a lot younger than I am. He doesn't look that old. I know. He's like, no, I'm 42. And that's you're like, the Norwegian what? genes. Yeah, we both, me and Bri, were both thinking, <laughs> wow, that guy's looking great for in his early 40s. Um, yeah. And uh, and he essentially tries to break up with her, but it stays. They stay together. But it's like, yeah, he. They knew that it was not he a, a relationship that was going to work. Explaining that, like, he's like, I'm much older than you. And it's like we. It's like they have different interests because they have the, the age he gap specific, is there. He says specifically that they're in different phases of their own yeah, lives. Their lives. That's the yeah. more, more important thing than being having different interests. Because like, I, I'm not. I, I'm not into everything that Brianna's into, and vice versa for her and me. But we're in a very similar phases in our life where we agree we don't want kids. We have very strong opinions about like she knows that my job is important to me, so there's sacrifices are going to have to be made for that, and she understands that. But if yeah. I were with somebody who wanted kids right away and didn't understand why I spent so much time so much time at work, the relationship's doomed from the beginning. So oh, yeah. they're yeah. setting ground rules which make absolute sense, and then they fucking ignore them. Which is human nature. Yeah. <laughs> because you're like, man, the sex is good. Yeah, yeah. Or I really like, I really dig this person. So, you yeah. know, we'll just ignore all those red flags. I really like that conversation too, because I already foresaw like what was going to happen in their relationship because mm-hmm. he, because he makes great points. Like he's not being a dick about it. He's not like trying to like hit it and quit it. Sure. Like he's like being realistic. He's like, look, like we really have a, Really large age difference. We're going and, down a path where at some point we're going to be so attached that it's it's going to be hurt that much harder when we break yeah. it off. Axel, you're going down a path I can't follow. <laughs> <laughs> and so, in my, in my opinion, the Swedish are the Sith. Then <laughs> <laughs> you are lost. Essentially, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you're not in me, you're against me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, there's the end. Uh, there's the end line. Yeah. Post press credit scene for our show. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he was being really polite about it too. Like, and I, I thought that was like after that they had that conversation. I was like, oh shit, this is actually hella realistic because mm. although I've never been in that situation, um, well, it showed it showed but, a lot of maturity from him. Yeah, I mean, as dickish as that is to say, but you know there is a there is there's a lot to be said about knowing your boundaries and planning for the future and not putting yourself in a situation that you know is really really high likelihood that you're both yeah. are going to have a tremendous heartache for because you just not you're not you two people don't belong together long term. <laughs> and <laughs> so, um, what, what, what's going on over there? I know <laughs> it's going to make each board drop louder than the next one. Yeah. <laughs> But, um, and then she, uh, gets dressed and she leaves and then, uh, uh, her primal nature gets the best of her and she goes back and I don't know, was he like standing by the door? Like when, because she goes after she, she like walks down the stairs halfway and then she comes back and knocks on the door and he's like already there, like at the door. He must have been watching. He's like, oh, probably that's a great ass walking down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> and then, hate to see her go, but love to watch her leave. Yeah. 
Uh, and and now they and so at this point in the movie, it fast forwards to them to her moving into his apartment. Yeah. And they're having a uh, gay old time, you know, being a new couple. Straight during old time. Their, uh, well, yeah. <laughs> um, and who are you to say? <laughs> who are you? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you suck. <laughs> you are no talent. <laughs> and I've earned my right to say it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, that that, that happens uh, later like, in the movie. That's, yeah, that's what when he's on the interview. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> on, the, um, on the talk show. So uh, they fla- So it flash forwards to them being in a relationship, and she's moving in her stuff, and it's kind of cute, you know. She's like, "Can I have two shelves? How many closets? Like, how many closets do you need? How many closets can I have?" I, I thought that was really sweet, um, and it was really reminiscent of, like, you know, remembering honeymoon phases in my previous relationships and stuff like that. And I'm just like, you know what? Like, there is like a beauty in seeing that kind of going down because everyone is just so happy hunky dory and then once you get past that i would say it's, it's all shit the two year <laughs> i feel like the two the two year mark is like when it's like all right now we have to like cohabitate can't be living in fantasy land anymore. <laughs> yeah. all right now i'm gonna start farting in front of you and that and that's the, that there is a really funny fart scene in this movie too um but then at that point after their honeymoon phase is over they go over to axel's parents house and she's already kind of like on the fence on uh, like being in a long-term relationship i feel like too because like she kind of at least in some scenes she's kind of not all there like she's not fully invested like you can tell like axel yeah. like is like wants to be wants this relationship to work like he well, does she she looks like she doesn't couldn't care less to be at the parents house oh no she it, and, because all of his friends have kids and there's a mm-hmm. conversation with one of his friends um or brother i i wasn't really clear um it's not uh, really clear the wife uh, of the friend or brother says um how many uh, friends of yours have kids and she's just like uh none or i think one <laughs> like just and she's only like 29 years old and these people are like well into their 40s it's yeah. very seasoned adults and uh they're not they're judge they're not ju- they're judgmental like i mean there's really <laughs> they're no- not no they are they're judgmental i mean there's really there's really no way to put it like they're judgmental because um they're they're like well, why aren't you like? Do you have a career? Like, what are you doing with your life? Kind of like stuff like, like older, like going to home older, Thanksgiving and your uncle's like, like yeah, they they're <laughs> definitely putting her on the spot as if she's going to be one of them now. It's like, well, we want to make sure that we want to make sure that Ax- Axel is making a good decision. So, yeah, are you able to have children? And you're like, okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. And the husband was just like, like, what kind of question is that? Like, why would you say that in front of her? Like, and <laughs> just like making the whole like interaction even that much more awkward, even by calling her out. I really liked her in that scene, not in that scene, but that whole sequence. Cause they're, they're having a little dinner or some things. They're sitting around the table outside, much like we are right now. Yeah. And, um, they're having a, uh, discussion and she's kind of pushing back on all these things like mm-hmm. she's become more comfortable after the day's gone on and maybe she's got a couple uh, glasses of wine in her oh yeah they kept filling her glass up like that guy always had <laughs> i think it was like the dad or something always had that bottle on hand that's right and um 
he's pushing back a little bit and kind of making her personality known, which is a strong personality. And I, I dug it. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. really respected her character. And, and there was a really a kind of a funny bit about the mansplaining. And oh, that says, was uh, that was good. He says, "Oh, oh woman explaining." So- yeah, he's like, "I'm sorry, uh, you know, please don't don't mind, but go ahead and woman explain to me." And she pretended <laughs> she, like she she pretended sense. like she didn't know what that meant. Woman explain. What do you mean? Oh, you know, it's like when yeah, and a, then- um, usually it's mansplaining a me a fifty something year old white man trying to explain to you a woman exactly what this is, and she says, "Don't mansplain to me," or something <laughs> like that. And he's like, ah, I walked right into that one. Yeah, the old yeah. catch twenty two. Yeah, but uh, I, li- I liked her character in that, and then the rest of their, her and Axel together on that trip is, it's almost like mapping out the boundaries that they've already set and then walked right over. Yeah, yeah. Like he's talking about. They made that line in the sand and then played volleyball <laughs> over Fucking it. Fucking day, dude. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like now we're over here. Now we're over here, and it's um, there's a there was a, again a super relatable. A number of scenes about the kids and crying because they don't want to go to bed and all this stuff. And yeah. she keeps telling me, "Oh yeah, you sure you don't want to have kids now? Look at this. Oh, this is really in- seems really enjoyable." And yeah, me and Bree were <laughs> looking at each other right before she said that and said the same thing. Oh wow, that seems like a delight <laughs> to <laughs> I, uh, be dealing with these fucking kids. I mean, I flip flop back and forth on it. I'm just like, oh, I would love it, and then I think about. Like okay, well, yeah. what if I want to go? What if I want to go into my uh, fortress of solitude? Like, you, you know, bring the kid with me. Yeah, I take yep. the. I mean, there are basket. moments in like life where I see like some strange child in nature, <laughs> and you uh-huh. know, it's like oh, it's a cute kid, right? And then like you see like interaction between like a father and a and a, and a child or something, and I'm yep. like, oh, that's really sweet, you know. Yeah. And it's like there's that like that little bit of like baby fever you get mm-hmm. you know it's like mm-hmm. uh, and then you leave and then it's like you think about like the long term like then obviously they're not going to stay that age forever and it's just it's yeah yeah turns I, until something yeah, lifetime commitment I don't really want to deal with that i've always said to myself i could see myself having children and i could see myself being a good dad but at the same time i i feel exactly the same way about not having kids at all like yeah. I'm, I'm a little i'm a little too selfish to be having kids because i have i, I work hard i want to enjoy the stuff that i enjoy for the for the you know for the my efforts in life for the limited time you have on this planet earth yeah fuck it and i got a niece and a nephew you know if i yeah. want if i want to yeah. spend time with the kiddos i can do that and then send them right back to my sister <laughs> yeah it's awesome <laughs> yeah and she, i think she really expresses that really well in that uh in that scene where they're she's like uh axel's like oh why don't like let's make a baby right now or something like that some cockamania thing and um She's just like, I really don't want to talk about this right now. Like, why are you bringing this up? I don't want to talk about it. And I, I was with, I was on her side. I was just like, come on, Axel, like, let it go. Yeah, shut like, the fuck up, this Axel. Is, this is not the time nor the plate. Like, right before you let go to bed. Let me unload in you. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Can I just he come inside to, without talking about children? Yeah, he just wanted to empty himself. But um, I, I was thinking, I was totally on her side because he kept persisting. She's just like, no, I don't want to talk about it. And then finally she breaks and she's like, I, I don't want to have kids right now. I don't think I would be a good mother, and I don't have a maternal instinct at this moment. Yeah, I would like to have kids someday, but not right now. Sometime soon. I don't know when. Like it might happen, it might not. And I was just like that level of that level of emotion that I was feeling. Like I was just like, yeah, you tell him. 
You tell him you don't want kids <laughs> because he was such an asshole for doing it. And I get, but Axel, asshole. <laughs> You're such an axle. But um, that's like what I really liked about this movie too, is because that is a very realistic conversation to have a someone of Axel's age, because you know he's he's almost gonna be he's gonna be fifty in half a decade. So but like he's thinking about his you know legacy. Yeah, yeah, it's I mean biologically, I mean men can can keep. Sw- spread that seed for us, like yeah, up until up until like they're till, senior uh, citizens. Till yeah, the cum but, turns to dust. <laughs> yeah, but he wants to be he wants to be a father. He doesn't just like in, in he wants to be involved. I should say in his in his child's life. Mm-hmm. And like she said, she doesn't have the maternal instinct. And I'm just thinking like this is neither the time nor place to even bring up this conversation while you guys are on vacation. Uh, why, yeah, why is it? Why is it? There's always these strange conversations when you visit family on vacation. I don't know. Always, because I, there's that pressure. There's just like I a, guess. You feel that pressure. Well, I feel like you're out of your element, so you're almost going to say things that you wouldn't normally because it's so comfortable. Now you're yeah, uncomfortable already, so here, have comes, like these here comes the uncomfortable conversation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, then... Um, I liked how um, after that, you're, in, you're pretty much it goes to chapter three, which is she's the, the cheating. Yes. And you see her... There was a really interestingly done slide into this... Because it, it wasn't really cheating, but... It was after the con- after the scene was over and she went her way. So she basically crashes a wedding, which yeah. is cool. Item it's on my bucket list: crash a wedding, crash a wedding, crash a wedding. Yep. Mm. And uh, um, we should all three crash a wedding and record it. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's when that's that's what happens when you get cocky. You try to bring you and a friend in, and everyone's like, "Who are those two? You know, whatevers." You know, you have to you have to be able to fly under the radar. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so she crashes a wedding. She's in already in the in the ball gown or whatever the mm-hmm. the little black dress. She yeah. crashes the wedding randomly, um, and then she locks eyes with this strapping young lad named Ivan. Name? Ivan, yeah, Ivan. Yeah. Oh yes. And uh, they have the very strange night together. They get drunk. They watch each other pee, and then <laughs> and then they don't kiss. <laughs> kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. So was there cheating involved? Uh, yeah, I'd say so. There's some very intimate moments shared. Exactly. That would be I mean, very, if I, if you told your significant other. That's exactly what I said. I told Brianna. I said, he didn't kiss her. She didn't kiss him. There was no fellatio involved or over the pants, over the pants dry humping or anything like that. But just she, imagine she if your significant. She saw his wang. Yeah. He sat there and watched her relieve, make water on her, you know, into the toilet. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be happy if Brianna had some guy sitting in a bathroom with her watching her pee, and she would. They were both laughing about it. I would that's, be like, "That's just strange." And there's an emotional there, component. There for There is some reason. a betrayal there. Yes, it's that a betrayal. Is, it's that, a betrayal, which is well, the key factor in cheating. Well, I mean, the betrayal is that she said she was going to go home after the gallery. Yeah, and, that's just a lie. I mean, you could you could lie and go. That's to... That's a betrayal. Yeah, <laughs> Isn't I mean, that it, what a lie is? It is, but you could lie about that and like go to the bookstore just because you. That's what you want to do. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not. That's not a much betrayal. That's just like, can a lie for convenience sake, but. This, th- this is betrayal. Yeah, that I know. was a betrayal. And I thought about this, too, um, while I was watching these sequences unfold before me. Um, I was thinking, like, yeah, physically, they didn't cheat, but, like, I put myself in that situation, and if I, God forbid, saw Sabrina doing that with another man, like, I would feel hurt. Like, well, I'd, yeah. I would feel Absolutely. hurt. I don't think there's any doubt in anyone's mind that that was a betrayal or a cheat or whatever, but yeah. it led to a great 
a great sequence of events when she finally. I'm sure there's some dudes who would be like, oh, I didn't do anything. We just, exactly. I, I didn't. They're, I didn't, they're I didn't. just douche guy dude bros that are just lying to themselves. Yes. Um, <laughs> but um, the, it leads to a, a really cool transition from the Axel relationship to the uh, Ivan relationship. And they don't tell, they tell each other their first names, but not the last names. And yeah. she does, they don't share any other personal information. It's supposed to be just like you've got mail, completely anonymous, yeah. in and out, <laughs> right? And, um, and then um, she, she is, is stumbled upon by him at a bookstore while he's with his current girlfriend. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that is a great, very obvious that something's going on scene. You didn't think, like, oh, yeah, they, yeah. she does not make it very, like, she's very obvious that she's, like, yeah, really staring down this guy, which mm-hmm. is this other girl's boyfriend. And uh, either she doesn't care or she just thinks, oh, she's just checking out my boyfriend because, of course, he's hot or whatever. And uh, they share a couple words and yeah. he comes back and says, I told her that I, I told her I forgot my glasses. I have to, I had to come back. Oh, I, yeah. I, I have yeah. to, yeah, I, I have I to tell you. I want to see you again. Yeah, and she doesn't have anything to say, but he says, if you change your mind, I work at this coffee shop and then, yeah. and then they spark, they part ways. And for the next like couple minutes of screen time, you'd see her kind of her mind changing about the relationship and her and um, Axel or she just doesn't have that same effect. You can tell the spark is gone <clears throat> and no matter what, if she doesn't pursue it, it's always going to be in the back of her head. So she fucking yep. time freeze. She runs across town much like uh, when Harry met Sally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And instead of uh, meeting at the top of the skyscraper on New Year's Eve, she just crashes his shift. And I don't know if that actually happened. I think it was in her head. What did did she imagine herself? So the sequence goes that she runs. Everybody's frozen except for her. She runs across town, goes into the uh, Starbucks or whatever, yeah. kisses him while he's on the sh- on on the clock, and then leaves. Everyone is still frozen. She runs all the way back home to Axel. Time starts again, and she breaks up with Axel. And then you smash cut to her making out with the, with Ivan on a tree. Yes. So you have to assume that maybe she did go see him. To some degree. To some degree, yeah. yeah. And maybe, obviously not in that exact scenario, but she went and saw him mm. and felt the butterflies and felt that this is the right thing to do. I got to break it off the axle no, no matter how hard it is. And uh, yeah. he, didn't, he, he didn't take it very well. That's interesting. I, no, I got cancer. <laughs> That's, that's, that was what happened. Yeah. That's how it starts. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's not, um, it's not windmills that cause cancer. It's bad breakups. <laughs> I, I interpreted uh, the time freeze sequence as her. So uh, before the time freeze, she gets out of bed and she goes in the kitchen. And Axel offers her a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. And then that's when the time freezes. So I think what I how I interpreted it was that in that moment she kind of like was bombarded with a range of emotions and she kind of had a sort of like flash daydream of it could absolutely could have been that too uh, of this moment of like oh what if i ran out right now to go see him and so her Mm. coming back is like her coming back into the moment and that was like kind of like her realizing oh, I really don't want to be in this relationship anymore. Yeah. And I also have to question, I don't think she really wanted to be in a relationship with Ivan either. I, I feel like one of the running themes of this film was that, and I think there is, there is a line that she talks about how she want, always wants more. She wants more of something. And she 
tells Ivan when in their relationship, I think it was chapter four or five, mm-hmm. uh, she was like, what, you're going to be pouring coffee until you're 50, 50 or something like that? Oh, I, I that's that, when she was real a real scumbag. Because that's when he yeah. finds her writing. Yeah. And like that interaction. Her compliments. That, that interaction was sad. Yeah, it was, it was kind of hard, kinda hard to watch. And I felt like he had like the best response to her mm-hmm. and like that's the probably like one of the best things that you could say to someone who's talking to you like that like that was hurtful i don't know what you want me to say yeah and like yeah because like that gets what you're feeling out across and like what you're thinking it's like wait i don't know what to say to that plus also when you take the high road in that scenario it's really easy f- for the other person to realize that they're being an asshole yeah it's, yeah. it's, it's a lot there's a lot more room for argument if you both raise your voice and start being dicks to each other yeah and it's like well we're both angry at the moment it's like no i wasn't angry i was really hurt yeah, yeah. you were just being an asshole to me for no reason apparently yeah. and and i think at that moment when he and he was saying some pretty eloquent complicate uh, complicate compliments uh to, for her uh, of her writing yeah. and and, I, and he was just she was just like insulting him yeah he, like she, when was the last time you read a book and he's just like I, I, I don't know. Like I just, I, I know I'm, I'm literate. I know how to read, and all what I read you, was good. All of a sudden, you like literature. <laughs> yeah. Huh? All of a sudden, you like literature. Yeah. Oh man, that that line just like threw me off, the, it, off it, balance. It, I was just like, is, what the hell? Where is this coming from? It is very strange to go pull something out of the trash and then read it and then confront the person about it, though. I don't think it's that strange because, like, let's say, okay. I'll give a I'll give a hypothetical here. Okay, I'm. I was in the dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, a friend of mine was in the dumpster. Yeah, I would. Okay, so I was in a public restroom. <laughs> um, so hypothetically, I'm going to uh, I'm picking up uh, some trash around the living room or something. I'm going to put it in the garbage can. Yeah, pull up the lid to the garbage can. I see an, ecl- an eclair I, on top. <laughs> it's sitting on top of the garbage. It's not quite in the garbage adjacent yet. Adjacent to trash, yeah. above the rim. And it's perfect. It's, it's, untu- it's untouched. It's not touching anything. It's on a napkin. It's fine. Okay. A um, single bite taken out. <laughs> replace the eclair with uh, some pages. You know, like uh, someone, uh, you know, Sabrina writes writes something and then she throws it away because it's not good. I go away to throw a some short trash. short story. And I see, I see pages on top of the trash. I'd be curious too, to be honest. Yeah, I, I would be also. And she, I make, wouldn't confront her about it though. Well, I wouldn't call it a confrontation. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. It, it's, it's, it's cool. Well, she they, did a bad job of hiding it. But the, exactly. And the thing is, though, she is there? She wanted it to be found. She wanted it to be. Found. She wanted the argument. Um, <laughs> she wanted not, to call him illiterate. That, <laughs> can you imagine? To be fair, how many comic books does Axel write? None. I mean, I mean, uh, comic I, Ivan, yeah. yeah. Axel, Ivan. Axel, Axel writes uh, That's true. One, one comic book uh, strip. That's true. That's true. So um, by that meant so by I my metric, I don't, I don't, I, I get why it could be. So finish your scenario though. You found this Sabrina's so I, writing. You yeah. So you, I find pages and you, I, I, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't take them out of the trash and go to the table and read them. I, I would take them out of the trash and read them over the trash and just kind of like, like, you know. I don't just, think the location that you're reading them is has anything to do with the betrayal of your significant other. There's no betrayal here, and the, it, the location does if make anything, sense. If anything, she betrayed him. <laughs> um, <laughs> damn it. Um, no, because he takes the pages out of the trash and goes to the table and reads them. 
um, that is a lot different because if you're just you just do a once over, like oh you're I over gl- the e glance at it. You yeah you just <laughs> you just pick up the pages, do a once over, and you're just like huh. So huh. would you tell Sabrina? I would. would you tell her that you read her uh, depends her, on what it said. Her I short guess. story. Yeah, I guess it depends on what it says. It's but a if creative, it, creative writing. If it, if it was some sort of creative writing, yeah, I would say, hey, uh, I noticed that you wrote some pages and uh, they're in the trash. I kind of read over them a little bit. See, I thought that, I, just that just that sentence right there makes me feel so dirty. Really? I found your trash, darling. I read it. It's in the communal trash can, it's though. The communal trash can. <laughs> it's I, went, I went to your shred <laughs> bin, and I looked it up, and I pieced <laughs> the pieces together, and boy, howdy, are you a good writer. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. The, Why but, is that weird? But, that, <laughs> but that's what's great about this movie. Is what are you, an Argo? It's, it's, <laughs> I know. I was, just, I was just thinking that. I Argoed your stuff back together. <laughs> 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 but that's what's great about this movie. It's complicated. It is. It's there's c- no there's no clear line. I don't know. I I would never do that with The temptation would be there and I might I oh, might come I on. might I might come re- on. I might start reading it. So I'll give you an example. I uh I have Brianna you has your, your girlfriend's trash. Brianna has books and books and books of old sketchbooks. Oh. And when she moved into the yeah. house, we filed certain f- certain places to file all this stuff away. That's just obviously not trash. Yeah, you know. And I was going through these books, looking for something else, and I look, flip through it, and I'm like, "Oh, this is Brianna, one of Brianna's sketchbooks." I am not gonna look through that. I'm that's that's a to me that feels like I'm looking through her diary. Yeah, sure. And it's like, what bad is it? She trusts me. I'm sure she would show it to me if she wanted to, but that's yeah. not for me to say. So mm. I might grab it and be like, hey, look, I found one of your old sketchbooks. You mind if I look through it? And she would ha- hesitate and say, uh, <laughs> no, maybe. I don't know. And then she would give Grammy permission, I'm sure. But that's not the point. It's not my stuff to look through. I don't I don't agree. I feel like your private writing, especially something that you're going to throw into the trash. It's like, what if I'm throwing away something? about my my past it's not a creative writing endeavor but it's something like a letter from an ex-girlfriend of mine well I, keep it more hidden I, then. I, I read it tear I, it up i crumple it up and i throw it in the garbage i'm like fuck i don't want to hear from this person and then she pulls it out of the trash and reads it and is like why is this person writing you i'm like ah, you weren't supposed to see that i have no control over them writing me and yeah. now it starts this whole fucking thing like that's my private. It goes in the trash. It's in the trash, but boy. But it's that, in the trash, boy. But that's different though because those pages were not crumpled up. Those were those they, those were. It's in the sanctity out. of the trash can. The sanctity. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'm. Maybe Thou I'm shall sh- not pull trash out of the trash can. Hey, if cops can do it, I can too. Okay, I get a little. I get a little. Uh, a little. Um, defensive about my trash. So when oh, I really? when yeah when I was a, a a young child. In my teen years, and you know, <laughs> me and my friends might uh, regale us with this tale of your personal trash. We somehow come across uh, adult pornographic video movies that have uh, VHSs that have nice colorful images of uh, penetration on the on the cover, oh, and, we, and we throw it in the trash. And then my dad would take the garbage out and be like, "Where did this come from?" I'm like, "It's in the trash." <laughs> Don't look in the trash, Dad. What are you doing? Don't look in the trash. Or for or a more recent example, this is decades ago, but a more recent example, Justice producer Justice came into my house, and he goes, uh, he goes, oh, uh, you got the uh, munchie meal from Jack in the Box, huh? Which one'd you get? And I like looked at Brianna, like, you didn't need to know that. 
<laughs> it's not like I'm hiding what I'm eating from her, but <laughs> I felt almost like this quiet shame that someone saw my my trash and decided to air <laughs> my Jack in the Box. It, yeah, it was from Jack in the Box. It was a munchy meal from Jack in the Box. Without munchy me. meal, <laughs> and he was no, he was almost like he was because he, he likes Jack in the Box, so he was like, so he's inquisitive. Yeah, he was more like, oh, which one'd you get? What do they got now in the munchy meal? Oh yeah, and I was like. <laughs> Don't talk about my eating habits in front of my betrothed. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like that. There is no betrayal there at all, but it's, it just feels, oh. I don't know. It feels wrong to me, but I think that's the complexity of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's true. It's not a bunch of meals that you're hiding. I know. <laughs> and, your, uh, lovers. and then eventually uh, she, Doesn't he says, the, and he says the line, he says, you're making me feel like the worst person in the world right now or something like oh, that. That's right. He's the one who said, it. it's not about her in that scenario. Yeah. I didn't think about that. Um, I, Really want to bring up the Ivan, his name's Ivan, right? Ivan, yes. Ivan, uh, not introduction, but uh, the peek into his former lover. I love that. I love that. And like how, like, yeah, that was interesting. His lover, like, it basically like turned him, like, the relationship turned into something else when she uh, found out that she was 3% Sami. Yeah. And so, like, she <laughs> decided to really capitalize on that 3% and, like, do everything. Became like an influencer. Became, well, yeah. I mean, tried to, like, get in touch with this. Like, unne- unnecessarily with like these these tribal roots that she has yes. and then she became yeah. a, a very uh, prominent in like the climate activism world and then they, like she sort of changed like their whole relationship and how like like and how they do things uh, more uh, sustainable or yeah. uh, ethically and stuff like that and it, I just I liked like like almost it's not like a stereotype but it's like the boyfriend that was dragged along sure you know yeah and it's like it's not like he's against it but it's not like he didn't do it himself. Yeah, I also didn't sign up for this either. And it's funny when that, I mean, when he's talking about like the sum of all like human suffering is on sitting next to me on the couch or something like (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, uh, it's uh, the sum of all Western guilt. Oh, Western guilt, yeah. The sum of all Western guilt sitting next to me on the couch and going to sleep with me at night. Yeah. And and then (laughs) following up that, he, he carries that with him into the into the, his relationship with Julie, mm-hmm. yeah, and which is funny. He talks about like the throwaway line is like avocados. The people with avocados grow are dying of thirst because of avocados. Because avocado so takes so much water, water to grow. To yeah, grow. yeah. It's almonds yeah. Is in California. That's what it is. And um, <laughs> and then he the Instagram that she creates and like she, yes. now it's now it's become like she's like an influencer only fans type of yeah. type of person now. And Julie actually gets upset that he's even still. I wouldn't say that she's upset. I'd say that At she's, first she was. At least that's the tone that I got. There was a tone. It was more like questioning. I yeah. wouldn't say that You're she's still upset. She her? was saying, yeah, she was saying she wasn't upset, but maybe there actually was. Ugh. Well, I that, hate conversations that, like that. That influencer bullshit, you know, mm-hmm. the, I've seen that played out with my friends' ex girlfriends yeah. or my friends' ex boyfriends. And it's like these two, they've been together forever, and then all of a sudden they break up, and you're like, oh, wow, that's crazy. I didn't think that was going to happen. And then all of a sudden you're like, whoa, she's really going down a road. <laughs> you know? I know. Yeah. We're, we're still, all three of us are friends with each other, triangular, triangulated on Instagram and Facebook, and you're like, oh, so she's a, um, promoting Yanni eggs now. Okay, that's weird. <laughs> yeah. or, uh, oh, know. she's an Arbon now. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and you see. I don't that. even know what those two are, but and it's very funny to sounds watch. Sounds like MLM stuff. They are MLM stuff. Yeah, and it's it's funny to watch this like um, 
this path and people almost like adopt this new personality mm-hmm. and it's like now in this scenario she started adopting the personality before the relationship ended yeah maybe that's a really big contributing factor to why it ended yeah but the reason i really love that storytelling uh style of going back to that relationship is mm-hmm. like in that moment i really liked him um ivan I never yeah. felt like he was a scumbag, even though he was talking at the wedding about how yeah. I would never cheat. I've been cheated on before, and it's terrible. Even though he looks like the cockroach man from Men in Black, but <laughs> I don't know about that. He looked more like Michael Phelps than anything. Oh God! But he, uh, are we watching the same movie? Yeah. So, but he. Besides that, you're you're always under this tone that's like, well, he's is in a relationship and he's pining after Julie, so yeah. yeah, he's kind of a scumbag at least. And then it shows you the past. X amount of months leading up to that moment and you're like, okay, well now I understand. You already had one foot out the door and she basically is not fulfilling his needs Yeah, and Mm -hmm. she's going down her own path and it's like their basically relationship had been dissolved and now Julie, Julie is fitting that mold, you know? Yeah. He was really, um, he was really, uh, what what do they call it after you get in a a rebound? Is that what they call it? Yeah. They were both, it wasn't a traditional rebound. They were both each other's rebound. Yeah. Yeah. It was, so that's why I thought the relationship was doomed from the start because it was just like I didn't I I felt the spark between Axel and Julie. Maybe that was intentional, but between Ivan and uh, Julie, it was felt more like they were leaning on each other rather than having an actual emotional connection. It, it felt like a young relationship, which it was. Yeah. Versus yeah. Axel and her felt like a more mature relationship, and then being forced into a mature relationship. Yeah. And then uh, the, the first twist of this movie was we find out Axel has no, we cancer. Sk- we skipped the acid trip or the oh, mushroom, mushroom, mushroom trip. I'd be remiss on the, mentioning that. Yeah, Friends having a get together and the friend finds the stash. The most boring get together ever. They're just sitting around like. Shit, that's what we do. Yeah, but they, they, there was no music yeah, going on. Yeah, this is a movie. There was no music. (laughs) That's right. That's right. There was no music going on or anything. No one's talking to each other. And um, that's why they needed the mushrooms. And then all of a sudden, uh, Julie, Julie takes the mushrooms first. She eats a little handful of them. They're really crispy, which tells me they're probably pretty old. And and then uh, they are far too many. They all take them. And she has it. And so the reason why I want to specifically bring this up is that whenever comes mushroom, a maniac whenever mushrooms or acid gets brought up in a movie an acid trip i like to see how the filmmakers uh portray that um out of out of mind experience because yeah. it's almost always just oh the trees are swirly oh the colors are brighter yeah oh you hear voices that aren't actually there and there's some kind of quick cuts and audio not syncing up and stuff like that yeah turns into a fisheye lens yeah fisheye lens <laughs> yeah, yeah. or the swirly whirly whatever effect on the ground it's like all that's cool and stuff but it seems like that's just that's the standard i liked her turning into the old naked woman yes and that was and cool. also like facing her father and pulling the tampon out and throwing it at him and stuff and that was badass there was a lot of really i cool. really could not tell if that was a bodysuit or if that was like a body double i was a body i'm pretty sure it was a double i'm pretty sure that was a real naked woman with her head cgi'd her oh, julie, julie's head f- cgi'd onto it mm-hmm. yeah I, I looked up some of the trivia for this movie and i didn't see anything because i was curious about that too i was like it just looked like a regular it, ass person yeah it looked just, or really good visual effects yeah yeah I mean, even it even had like between the breasts had like almost a little kind of a growth, uh-huh. like a skin skin tag, like a cluster of skin tags, and it's like yeah. it wasn't meant to to be grotesque. It was just almost like realistic. This is her in the future potentially, yeah. And then her head's on it, and it was going back and forth between her facing Axel in this like dark room, and then mm-hmm. her facing her father, and throwing, throwing, mm-hmm. and then putting the tampon like war makeup. 
yeah. on oh, her yeah. on her face, and she wakes up with it. You're like, oh, she actually did actually that. she actually did it. <laughs> cool. I, I gotta imagine like how that went down because you know she's hallucinating everything, and then all of her friends who are That's, also yeah. on mushrooms, like she's just sitting there, butt naked, taking a tampon out, and just like probably like <laughs> try Swing like it around like a flasso. Everyone's I mean, just like everybody What's else going took on? mushrooms too, so they are tripping balls. Yeah, they probably couldn't yeah. even pay attention. I don't know. I, I mean, mean, the friend, like, about to leave, he drops the bag, and he's like, are you okay? He starts licking the wall or something. <laughs> yeah. well, Making spo- <laughs> love to that wall. Spoiler alert, uh, that's not how a mushroom trip goes. That's, that is, like, way far and beyond on what mushrooms sure. feel like. But, so, But then you're right. Then we find out that Axel is, um, well, before... Before we find out he has cancer, she sees him on the th- on the TV. Axel, yes, in an interview yes. with a, with a feminist uh, who is basically taking him to task over the uh, his old comics. sexist sexist um, undertones or overtones of his yeah. comics back in the day. He said they're still pretty rough. Yeah, but he defends throughout the movie a number of times. He defends his uh, character as having. He's like, you know, this isn't for everybody. This it's it's grotesque. It's crude. It's rude. It's whatever. He's a cat that's not playing by society's rules and all this stuff. He's gonna want one of those iconic buttholes in uh, mm-hmm. animation history or whatever. Like Fritz the cat. Oh, Ex- that's exactly what I was gonna say. Exactly, it's, it's a Fritz the cat type. So he's constantly defending it, and then he gets put on this radio show where the host is just mediating between the two of them. And yeah, yeah. He has them both on because you know she knows it's good radio. Yeah, and. Uh, He's just putting his foot right up his mouth, right in there, not being very sympathetic it's at kind all. Kind of a dick. Well, I mean, she's also They're, like not not uh, the best uh, debater. I consider those right. on this uh, that program. Yeah, that whole. Um, it, I, I consider it like a bad faith argument. Like, there's good faith arguments where it's like I I'm gonna I'm gonna agree that this is art, and yes, it's not for me, but. You know, here's the reason why you should maybe reconsider this style of art because it could empower men who are already on the fence over, you know, women's rights to lean more onto that side of the fence, which is not the good side of the fence. You know, that would be a good faith argument. The bad faith argument is you're sexist, you're a pig, everything that you make is bad, and you can't call this art because it's just shit. That's a bad faith argument, and that's what she's presenting to him. And he's not really doing a great job of rebutting that either. He's just... Yeah, you know, he's, he's like, well, fuck you if you don't like it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he like says like sort of the right things, but in a really in not the best way. Sure. Um, yeah. Like, like he talks about like like you know it, it's your choice that you're offended. You don't have to be yeah. offended by this. It's uh, yeah, it's your choice to be offended. Oh, I didn't realize I had a choice in the matter. You do have a choice. You do have a choice. Yeah. You do, uh, you do have a choice to not being be offended. offended. Is an emotional response, not an act of choice. Like you can't like okay, let's uh, that lighter right there. I'm going to choose to be offended at that rather than my understanding of being offended is I see something and it's a trigger response. It's like that. Some people like to be triggered. Some people like to be offended. And I, I will. I'll, Don't you I'll, kink shame me. <laughs> I'll stand behind that. Kink shaming is my kink. There is, <laughs> there is an identity involved with being offended over certain things. I have a, a number is of friends. Yeah, I have a number of friends I follow on Facebook. I wouldn't consider them close friends, but. It's like, it doesn't matter what you say, they choose to be offended over something. I don't Cause know. Because they, they take that in the worst case, in the bad faith scenario. Mm. They won't look at it like, okay, yeah, I see that or whatever. It's like calling somebody a goblin, like saying, oh, I was goblin mode all weekend because I just didn't want to leave my... You anti-Semite. No, it's... Oh my God, Tyler. You're just every every turn, every chance <laughs> you have to compare the Jews to goblins. No, they said, it's it's like, I've heard people say when they say goblin mode... It's it's like okay, well. What about the goblins? Certain people, 
certain people don't have a choice and they're they're differently abled and they don't they can't leave their house just like you can so when you say goblin mode you're referring to those people as goblins and that makes you that makes you a bad person or whatever and it's like no i've never even heard of that no i just i just wanted to stay under my covers all weekend and never leave the house and i'm like like a a goblin in a cave you know it's like you're the one making the connection exactly that's it that's it that person who's choosing to be offended is making the connection when no one else is there like tyler talking about the bankers and uh Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Potter. So, but those are anti-Semitic, by the way. The, <laughs> I stand by that. The worst, I mean, the worst digging of his own grave in that conversation is when he's like, "Let's just say that I were to put this conversation that you and I are oh, having into a, a comic, my character would call your character a whore." Oh, I didn't yeah. call you a whore, but my character would because it's a hyper-realized version of something you feel on the inside, and like, you're like, "You so just you called do, her a whore." So you do want to call her a whore in real life, so but you just like, won't. It's is he not under the guise of he art? makes a point, but it, it's in the probably the worst way possible. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because like, and then like they 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 focus on the word whore, and he's like, and then he's like, you're not focusing on what I'm trying to say, but also you didn't say it very well, you know. Sure. And he is saying that like you know art. I mean, me personally, I feel like everything is art to some degree. You know, yeah. like whether it's it's everything that is made, there is some sort of artisticness. Yeah, it's creative behind it. You know, whether it, it whether it's utilitarian or just for uh, just to be put up in a gallery. You yeah, know? there there is some degree to it. I mean, if you go to a, a museum of modern art, uh, to a MoMA, to any MoMA, there are a lot of people who would be like putting a banana on the wall. Is yeah. that's not art, but it does it does inspire conversation, which I feel like is artistic in yeah. itself you know totally somebody can, agree can, somebody, somebody could take a shit on a pedestal and it put it in the moma and be like this is art and then someone was like that's not art and then the other guy would be like no it is art and then they would have a whole discussion and that's yeah. what it does yeah it, it, it generates a discussion so whether you like it or not yeah it's still art i know an artist shits on a pedestal puts it in an art museum it's called art i do it in the public restroom on the floor and i'm getting caught the cops call on me i died you know, I, there is no, yeah, there's no justice in this world, Tyler. <laughs> there really isn't. There really isn't. Um, and oh man, and at the the when they're closing up the interview, like in their uh, panning out, there's this. The, the host says, "Oh, and by the way, the correct term is called sex worker." Now, <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> and, and I laughed really hard. At that. I was like, they just had to add that in just to make sure that everyone's on the same page. Yeah. So so. She sees that, and I feel like just that moment of her watching, yeah, is a great moment because you're like, is she happy about this? Is she upset about this? And then she was surprised more, yeah, exactly, than yeah. And I, in my head, I was thinking, how would I feel about this? And, you, and then there's almost a, like a, I'd a be little fascinated, bit, a little bit of relief. You're like, whew, God, I got off that train before I'm yeah. tied to that, you know? Yeah, because he's gonna get dragged through the mud. And yeah. then, then she sees a mutual friend of both of theirs, and she's like, yeah, I saw him on the on the interview. Ooh, that was pretty rough. And he's like, yeah, he's not doing so good. And that's when he's, he's that's revealed. That's she finds out. She yeah. revealed that he has uh, terminal cancer. Yeah. So, um, and, then, uh, and then that whole story begins, and that's a very sad. Yeah, it, I mean, I wasn't super sad about it. I kind of saw, I throughout this whole movie, I was waiting for something like that to happen. I was waiting for, like, the big... A big sad uh, reveal mm-hmm. uh, to come through, and once that was revealed to me, um, they didn't really, they didn't really uh, stay with like the complicated emotions that it would to know that you, one of your former lovers has uh, terminal cancer, 
and them reconnecting, it was kind of surface level to me a little bit. Like they didn't have like super hard conversations, not like when they were breaking up and they were having those hard conversations. It was kind of like she was sad that he was dying, but I don't think she was sad that he was leaving, if that makes sense. Well, I mean, how much worse of a conversation do you need to have than him her admitting that she's pregnant now, which is something he always wanted with her, and it's done through with a different a different yeah. man. I mean, that's just just that one little bit of that conversation is heart heartbreaking. And then he died the next day. Did he? Well, you, you, no, I, I, I don't know say, if he died the next day, no, but that I don't killed, think so. That's the that's the he, one he thing doesn't that die in the movie. Uh, no, no well, he's ill. He gets like even sicker. They basically yeah. say that he's on his deathbed. She gets yeah. the, the voicemail saying yeah. that he's on his deathbed, and then you just never see the death. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, I really liked where they reconnected. I Because he, I mean, maybe they, I mean, they do have some pretty deep conversations. Yeah. I, I and, and I think for the first part, it's him talking about, like, his past and growing up and, like, the, the fit, like, he grew up in a t- talking about like him growing up in a time with like physical media and like oh, being yeah. able to like have these these tangible things in your hands yeah. that uh, mean something and there's like some cultural uh, significance behind them you know and and yeah. he's he did that all his life and now that's all he has he has nothing to look forward to um, obviously and yeah. <laughs> and they have that conversation in like the park outside the hospital you know and like he's getting very emotional about it. You know, I have all these things and now it means nothing. And now I have nothing, you know, it's not going to mean anything when I'm gone. And, and then they have the conversation in the hospital when he's, when he's telling her that she was the most important relationship that they had together Yeah, for him, you know, like he, she was the love of his life. Yeah. And, and I doubt that she felt the same way. Yeah. And that's not, and like, and he says that too. He's like, I don't know if you felt that as well. I know you have a, you have a lot of years left to live, and I'm here, dying. Yeah. And um, I just he just like wanted wanted her to know that, and then also she wants him to tell her that, like he's a good she's gonna be a good she's mom. gonna be a good mom, which never ends up happening. No. Nope. Yeah, I guess you're. I guess in hindsight, r- reflecting back on it now, that that was pretty deep. I guess I, it just didn't really. I think hit that, me as hard as the beginning of the movie. Well, a lot of times tragedy, tragedies. A lot of times when they're when two people are having a tough conversation, there's a lot of anger involved, and it kind of feels like it elevates that conversation to this higher um, importance because the emotions are really high. But with him, mm-hmm. he's he's he doesn't have that anger. He's just dying. His anger is towards something else. So it's not like yeah. it's not like he's mad at her. He's just wants to say what he needs to say it's almost like a catharsis for him because she he asked her if he met if she met ivan while they were like still together or like near the end of their relationship and she's admits yes and he's not like mad about it yeah like he's like i I knew it you know he's just like sort of like kind of just wanting answers basically yeah and then it goes i don't know how much but the time differences between when he's in the hospital and then like after he's had like chemo or whatever mm. because he clearly he's like lost like some hair yeah he's wearing the beanie and like he's admitting like he's like i don't care about like my legacy i don't care about like leaving like i don't i don't want to be known through my art or whatever yeah like i just want to live in my flat you know and it, it really boils down to like i don't want like that con- it, that conversation where they're sitting in the car was yeah. heartbreaking because he's because I don't, I'm tired of pretending that everything's okay. Yeah, you know it, and like that kind of like kind of reminded me a little bit of like Fifty Fifty, 
Yeah. With uh, JGL and mm-hmm. uh, Jogo. Um, even though the end of that story is little... JGL's in, in 5050? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's the main the, character. Yeah, he's the he's the guy who gets the Jennifer gets the Jason big C. Lee. J G J G L. <laughs> oh, J G L. Uh, J J L. Oh, okay. Jogo. Um, yeah. It, it reminded me of that a little bit, even though that story has a happier ending than than sure. than, uh, than Alex's his. story does. Yeah. Um, you know, he's like, I just I like I don't want to pretend anymore. Like, I, you know, I'm dying and I can't do anything about it. And that conversation in the car was very. Um, very, very sad. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, the movie just kind of sort of ends. Well, the, the last little reveal is that she's working as a photographer, so she's made it to what she wanted to do now. Well, she's work, she working as a photographer. Baby, or didn't yeah. have, or wasn't pregnant, or got her period, one of the two. She either had a, had a miscarriage, an early, early term of miscarriage, or yeah. never yeah. really was, or it, it aborted itself, whatever you want to say. And um, But it flashes forward to her, and she's working on set of like a, Film production. But then you're skipping another thing: is that she sees Ivan with a child. Well, that's that happens right then. As yeah. She's oh, on, yeah, the, on the set, and then it kind yeah, of cuts does. to her looking at Ivan out the window with the baby, and you're like, "Oh shit, she didn't have a miscarriage." Oh, oh wait, never mind. That's somebody else with the baby. Yeah. So it, Ivan had a baby. Like, was, it looked like her. She's too. a good director, by the way. Oh yeah, because like she like the you can tell like that it's a movie being made because mm-hmm. of the shitty lighting. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's some like low budget <laughs> local movie, sure. and then the director's like. Great, and the actor, actress is trying to cry uh-huh. for some scene, like the guy's like yeah. leaving her, yeah. Yeah. and then she walks in for the, taking pictures, and she directs her. Oh, really? And like you can tell, like the emotion mm. that she has, like because the actress is saying, like, "Is like I felt like I was doing terrible." And she's yeah. like, "Well, I'll carry that emotion with you," and then the actress like kind of starts crying, and it's like, "Good, she's a director." Yeah, yeah there we go. Love yeah. it. She's going on to do great things, and she took some pretty good photos. Yeah, 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 and and it felt like the ending of this really lined up with the ending of Frances Ha, because she kind of settled into a new period in her life, and doesn't seem like maybe she lost a little bit of the immaturity that she had earlier in the movie, and yeah, hopefully she does well, and I think the audience wants wants her to do well because she, even if she did some things that you might not agree with, and feel like she was kind of a monster, it's like. Who, who the fuck cares? And, you know, you can you can leave somebody. Brianna and I had the same conversation. It's like, you don't owe it to somebody to stay with them just because you have no finite reason. Like, that person didn't cheat on you, you know? Mm-hmm. You don't have yeah. someone cheat on you to break up with them. If that, if that spark is gone or something happened, even if it's a series of tiny things that happened over the course of time and you just don't have that passion for that person anymore, yeah. Yeah, try to fight for it, try to do whatever, talk to them about it. But if it's not there, it's not there. And you don't have to apologize to somebody about doing yeah. that. That doesn't make you the worst person in the world just because you broke up with somebody for a quote-unquote not a good reason. Right. You, don't, you don't need to have that. You're 20, 20, 30 years old. That's what makes this movie so grounded in reality, too. Like, it was just very on the nose of real-life uh, complications with the... Uh, personal relationships i just i just really respect also having this seen this been up for best screenplay i don't even know where to begin with a story like this because how many people how many stories have been told about a coming of age through rom- young romance yeah and exactly telling, 36 <laughs> there's it's like it's like it's been said so many times yeah but why yeah. is this one so much more entertaining than all the rest of them it, the way that the story 
kind of spoon feeds you and like gives you breadcrumbs along the way and then goes back and explains things to complicate the characters even more yeah and doesn't give you a black and white answer it's not like oh she's the good guy and he's the bad guy yeah it's like they're all just human beings and we're all flawed so i yeah. i was fucking great really well written yeah really well good. uh that was the worst person in the world let's give some grades on this uh pete what do you give the worst person in the world um i'm like bordering on the edge of an a plus I don't think I'm quite there yet. Maybe on a f- subsequent watching, I- I'll like it more. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll, gi- I'll give it a, a really strong A. Really strong A. High recommend for everybody. And uh, mm-hmm. put yourself in it. Put your phone down because it's hard. It's hard to really pay attention if you're to get it all if you're not 100% invested because it's a foreign language movie. Yeah. But man, yeah. Once you settle into that, the characters are. They're great. Really, really great characters. I'm uh, looking forward to watching it again. Awesome. Me too. What about you, Joseph? Um, I'm going to give it an A as well. Um, just really, really real and genuine. And, like, it is, it is like, it's funny, it's sad, and um, it's, I feel like, I feel like the characters were just, like, really well um, thought out. Yeah, and I like I there was no I feel like there wasn't really a character that I didn't like. I feel like all characters fit into the the place their places in this movie very yeah, well. Yeah, um, totally. And um, I like I like the it, you, they took like a very like real life story and but added their like mix of like creativeness to it with the mushroom trip and the people frozen in time. Like they really added that sort of yeah, um, like creative. I don't know, juice or whatever into it yeah. that I like, I, I wouldn't expect in a movie like this. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I have to say this is another first in middle-class film class history. Uh, one, we're recording out under the uh, beautiful Sacramento sky. Now hot um, sun. Yeah. yeah. It's getting a little hot. Um, and two, uh, I think this is the first time you both have given my movie uh, pick an A. <laughs> Wow! Yeah, I'm trying to think of another movie. Yeah, there isn't. There is not. Mm-hmm. Um, I as well will give this an A. As um, it, it was just, it blew me away with how uh, well made this movie was, and I can't wait to watch it again. There is a lot of rewatchability, and I think uh, maybe uh, after another we. Uh, you watch a uh, rewatch um all have uh probably a better understanding of uh the complexities of human emotion hmm. um all right anyways uh so worst person in the world is off the wheel now let's get to the wheel one wheel eight slots three hosts this is the wheel of destiny Okay, I've been neglected my duties. I don't have the wheel here. I apologize. Uh, so okay. we're going to scrapple something together real quick on the fly because Joseph's the technological whiz that he is. Yeah. Um, so you have a makeshift I, wheel ready? I have a wheel ready. Okay. So here's our eight selections. Well, on, Tyler, let's... What, oh, Tyler, yeah. Tyler, what, Tyler, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. What's your replacement? All righty. So my replacement is... Another A movie, I hope. Uh, I, I probably not. Uh, Patrick Swayze's Roadhouse. Oh fuck yeah! Oh. Never seen it. Really? Yep. Oh, I love Roadhouse. Yeah, 
I, I uh, had been uh, listening to a lot of discussions about it recently, and I'm just like, okay, you know what? A dad, enough, a dad movie. Enough sure. is enough is enough. We need to we need to put our two. Cents I feel like in. this is an uncle movie. <laughs> yeah. right. It could be. Okay, so I'm going to recap the wheel now. We have Safe from Tyler, Roadhouse from Tyler, Wildlife from Joseph, Come and See from Joseph, Adaptation from Pete, The Rocketeer from Pete, and then our two fan picks are uh, on the wheel. So that makes up eight. All right, let's give it a good old spin here. Here we go. The old E spin. And the winner is... <laughs> Adaptation. Oh, nice. Right. So, Adaptation. Uh, starring Nicolas Cage in, I don't know if I, technically he's the star. I think he is the star. Isn't there like two of them? Yeah, he plays brothers. And um, I'm not the clone. You're a clone. <laughs> this is streaming on HBO. I'm not a clone. This is streaming on HBO Max <laughs> and nowhere else. Does he take his face off? I don't think he does. I'm going to take his face off. So th- oh, man, this great. is directed by Spike <laughs> Jones, written by Charlie Kaufman. Spike Jones movie. Yeah. Oh. And Nicolas Cage plays brothers, Charlie Kaufman, and a fictional, a fictitious brother of Charlie Kaufman. Oh, okay. okay. Um, Meryl Streep is also in this, second credited. Chris Cooper, Tilda Swinton, Kara Seymour, Ron Livingston, Brian Cox, Judy Greer, Maggie Gyllenhaal, Jay Tavare, and uh, Doug Jones. I didn't realize oh, Spike Doug Jones. Jones. Yeah, from Hellboy. Real- I yeah, realize no, Spike Jones had such a pull in Hollywood. Spike hey. Jones is connected. Yeah. He is connected. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, great uh, great cast so far in this. Um, this is 7.7 on IMDb. Um, it's it's uh, noted down here as a drama and a comedy, which I think it fits perfectly. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's a synopsis. Nicholas Cage is Charlie Kaufman, a confused L.A. screenwriter, overwhelmed with feelings by feelings of inadequacy, sexual frustration, self-loathing, and by the screenwriting ambitions of his freeloading twin brother Donald. While struggling to adapt *The Orchid Thief* by Susan Orlean, Kaufman's life spins from pathetic to bizarre, and the lives of Kaufman, Orlean's books, become strangely intertwined as uh, for as, as each other or each one. Sorry, the lives of Kaufman, Orlean's books. <laughs> This is written. You know really that's badly. okay. Let's, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll yeah. watch the movie. It's getting hot out here. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, it's been a long time since I've seen this, and I think it's. I really remember only Nicolas Cage's performance, and then a weird scene in the swamp with uh, uh, Meryl Streep. Nice. So, okay. Let's put this baby to bed. Thank you so much for listening to our discussion on the worst person in the world. By what's his name again? Joaquin, Joaquin Trier. Joaquin something. Joaquin Trier. Yeah. I'm not gonna even. It's Lars von Trier's cousin from <laughs> North, Norway. Uh, so uh, follow us on Facebook to get uh, all the newest memes, all of our news stories posted there, things like that. It's a good time. Facebook.com/slash/mcfcpodcast and send us an email to be featured on the show. Mcfcpodcast at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at podcastmcfc. And uh, follow us on Instagram at Middle Class Film Class and leave us a voicemail. We're in a drought of voicemails for right now. Uh, that number is 209-730-6010. See you later. See ya. See ya. <laughs>